When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Okay, so you know how we were just talking about royals? And we were saying there was nastier stuff about royals to be talking about and focusing on? Well... How about as it pertains to Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew? This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And um, I'm so glad you're back, Bradley. Because I'm so glad to be back. When you left, we were aware that sometime the following week we would get this trove of documents like dumped on us from a previous um a previous suit against uh galane maxwell yep and we were kind of anxiously waiting for it we knew it was going to happen probably monday well it did it happened monday we got this big dump of documents with a lot of big names redacted, which made it kind of difficult to, to comb through. Um, but there is one thing missing from that, and that is the deposition of Ghislaine Maxwell. Her um, her lawyers went into high gear to prevent them from dumping those documents as well. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is because she argued, or they argued on her behalf, that they would inhibit her right to a fair trial, that there's a lot of personal information in there. Um, yeah, the current trial that she's facing charges for. Exactly. So uh, those will be, those will not be released until, at this point, a date in September, which could be revised. But... I did have, I've been sort of slowly making my way through Virginia Giffrey's um, deposition, Bradley. Which, by the way, I think we now know how to say her name. Yeah, how do you say it? Giffrey. 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 Yeah, I watched a bunch of interviews over the weekend, and I don't, I'm assuming that's how she pronounces it, because every interview I listened to, they were like, Giffrey, Giffrey. But, oh. you know, whatever. Well, we'll have to adjust accordingly. In any case, um, what is interesting about it is, it's all the things you've already kind of heard. If you've been following this case, you know that she met Ghislaine Maxwell when she was 16 years old, when she worked at yeah. Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell kind of recruited her to do massage for Jeffrey Epstein. And very quickly, mm-hmm. she learned that massage was a euphemism for sensual massage and then turned into um, sex. And then she was trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell to other and and this is you know where we lose some track of people many uh well-known um dignitaries f- from foreign countries people from the United States who were high in the political spectrum lawyers well-known business people um a lot of names redacted but one of the names that we know of is 
Prince Andrew. Yep. So when I when I saw this story, I got real excited, right, that we're going to get all these documents. Then, as you said, we didn't get the documents. We got some of them. Then, when, as you said, the documents we did get didn't really contain a lot of new information. There were some names, of course, but to your point, a lot of it was redacted, and, and it really just told the story, I think, a lot of... Um, a lot of the stuff, if you watched the uh, Netflix special mm -hmm. Filthy Rich, mm -hmm. you probably felt very familiar with it. It wasn't really anything shocking. So to me, I, th I felt to myself, well, okay, can we just get the real stuff here, people? Why? Because uh, obviously I find the story to be incredibly fascinating and I'm just super, you know, voyeuristic in that sense. Um, but to your point, there are so many other stories to be told, and one of those stories, as you just said, involves Prince Andrew. And Prince Andrew now is facing another um, witness who alleges they saw him with Virginia Giffrey, 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 Virginia. Let's call her Virginia. Let's call her Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. Meet Virginia. Uh, with Prince train. Andrew. <laughs> Do you remember the um, notorious... Oh, what was the name of that nightclub? That they Tramp. Tramp, yes. And this particular witness, her name is Shukri Walker. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. But Ms. Walker says, I remember him dancing and chatting with the young girl. And when I first saw this story, I thought, well, why are we just now hearing about this? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, this is not... This seems a little, like, weird that we're just now hearing from this person. She maybe is just trying to get some attention. Well, then if you read that story, you'll learn very quickly that this is somebody who actually herself was a victim of sex trafficking. And if you read her backstory, you'll understand why she, um, you know, maybe didn't come forward at first. Um, but when she, she says that when she watched Prince Andrew's interview... Um, that notorious BBC interview where yep. he had a, well, I don't even think it was the BBC, but that interview where he had a hard time sort of explaining his encounter with Virginia. Um, she was then determined to bring her story forward. She attempted to contact and she didn't go public at first. She attempted to contact uh, the FBI through an attorney. Guess who her attorney is? Oh, I already know. So I'm just going to say it. Lisa Bloom. Yes. So she is being represented by Lisa Bloom, which I know is problematic if you've been listening to our show for any length of time, especially when we talked about Harvey Weinstein. However, since her awkward period with Harvey Weinstein, Lisa Bloom has gone on to represent a bunch of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Mm -hmm. um, and she worked with Lisa Bloom to try to bring her eyewitness account to the right authorities. They didn't care. They were like, we have enough we have what we need for that particular story. So they didn't need her to testify or be deposed or anything like that. But again, I'm just putting into context her conversation, her eyewitness account that some might just write off as uh, as like an attention seeker. And she doesn't appear to be that kind of person. That is so interesting. And I think that we had said at the time you know that there were other people that were present um, because it, it, Prince Andrew was really having an easy time inartfully trying to explain that all away. Yeah. Um, but there, we knew that there had to be other people there and you know, there's a picture and this is the thing um, that is of interest is the the photograph, the famous photograph that is taken inside Jeffrey Epstein's uh, villa or home. 
Yeah. With Prince Andrew's arm around Virginia, her bare waist, with Ghislaine Maxwell looking on from the background. Um, it is, it's pretty damning, that evidence. I also read in another, um, in like the opening arguments from that case, a story, and I'm going to get a lot of it wrong, but a story that involved Prince Andrew, Virginia, another one of the girls, like the Epstein girls, yep. and a puppet. Have you read about this? No. Tell I cannot me about the believe. Puppet. So I, I, I know I read this. And I thought, I got to see if I can find this picture. In the picture, allegedly, um, Prince Andrew is sitting uh, is sitting down. Virginia is sitting next to him. She's got a puppet on her lap. And one of the other Epstein girls is on his lap. And he made the puppet grab Virginia's breast while he grabbed the breast of the other young girl. Epstein girl. I know. I thought that was kind of shocking. And I was like, why is nobody talking about this? So now I'm like wondering if my mind was playing tricks on me, but I would never come up with that on my own. I was like, uh, where would your subconscious come up with that except for a fever dream? I know. It was really, in any case, there, you know, are there like big shocking, oh, here we go. Oh, here it is. Prince Andrew once used a puppet of himself to allegedly grope Virginia and another accuser in Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan townhouse. Oh, was this one That's of those nasty. puppets? That is nasty. Was this one of those puppets from that um, political satire show that was very pop? There, so there's this very popular British oh, yeah. satire. Oh, yeah. that show. would be terrifying if yeah. it was one of those puppets. Yeah, because they're creepy, 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 creepy puppets. Um, you know that I don't know because that sounds familiar. Is why I'm saying it. Okay, so Ghislaine wanted to take a picture of this bizarre scene and got Joanna Joanna Stoberg. That's the other accuser, another one of Jeffrey's so-called personal assistants, to come sit on his other knee for a snapshot. Uh, Virginia said that she led Andrew into the so-called dungeon massage room for an erotic rubdown. Uh, she says, I sat on Andrew's lap. They took the puppet's hands and put it on Virginia's breast. So Andrew put his on mine. No. That nope. show, oh, by the way, is called Splitting Image. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what it no, was. You're right. You. It was. It was from Spitting Image. I feel like we've heard about this story yeah. on some level. It's so yeah. bizarre. Wow. That is so bizarre. So... So the thing is, drop those documents, give us what we want. I know. Because frankly, this is the biggest story. This is the most fascinating. I mean, they're a real victim. So that's why you don't want to be too. Um, it, it, it's like people who love true crime. And I count myself one of them. You have to tread lightly because there are actual victims here. Right. And this is a case of international sex trafficking. But what I think is so fascinating about this story for me, and I'm sure you and um, and feel free to add that we have talked about these rumors and you felt kind of bad, like talking smack about people. I mean, not really, but you, you just felt like you were not really discussing anything that was actually happening. Well, now we're finding out it actually happened. And so, and it happened grosser than we thought it, you know, exactly. But it gives credence to all of the things that we, I just feel like we're justified in our curiosity. Agreed. And also I think the more that it's, I mean, as this as this has its day in court, the victims will get some retribution. You know, they'll be heard, they'll be seen, they'll have their stories out there, and yeah. that is important. Um, 
in in doing so, though, there is some salacious stuff that you got to look straight in the face. Woof. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Zach Efron is oh. moving. He's moving to Australia. We'll talk about it when we come back. <laughs> Zach so Efron is moving. No. This is the worst news that we've ever told on the Colleen and Bradley show. I'm just kidding. On My Talk 1071, streaming live yeah, at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. However, I mean, it just is like confirmation of something we already knew, right, Brad? Yeah, so I was so excited to talk to you about this story, and I'm glad we're finally all back together as a family because now we can. Because I tried to tell um, Alexis and Dawn and Kenny, they don't care. They don't care. No. How do they not care? It's I Zach mean, Efron. they appreciate his beauty like everyone does because it's you. required if you want to be friends with us. But and there are friends. Um, however, what they did, what they didn't appreciate was all the background. So for the audience who might just be joining us, you have to remember that we're obsessed with Zac Efron to the point where we actually created an entire website, an entire month. Oh yeah. We turned over a month of our show to Zac Efron and it was called the hunt for hot October. We even did a little theme song for it. It's true. It's a whole thing. Um, Colleen actually Facebook stalked his dad I and was politely like asked, about it. was politely asked to stop contacting him. That's so, a like, true story. this might actually be why uh, he's moving to Australia. Yeah. But here's the thing: TMZ reported this as breaking news that Zach was formulating a plan to escape LA. And I'm like, well, okay. First of all, put a pin in TMZ. But second of all, um, we've been talking about this for a long time, have we? Not? Um, thank you. Yes. Um, because we just did like a whole full week worth of segments. <laughs> About where was he? Where in the yeah. world is Zach Efron? Because yeah. yeah. there were rumors that he was hanging out in this little tiny uh, Australian town. Yeah, there was a, um, and it was that Byron Bay area, which remember um, is like you. the super chic the Beverly of Hills yes. of Australia, where a bunch of other celebrities, Chris Hemsworth and everybody is. But here's the here's the Colleen and Bradley. Here's the deep in the shallow. Here's the behind the scene. Here's the stuff we need to think about. So sure. The TMZ story alleges that he's going to Byron Bay and is going to buy a property because he wants to just get out of L.A. L.A. is so stale and tired and it's old and he just needs, you know, some fresh air. Okay, really? Does he? It's TMZ. And what is a story from TMZ usually? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell us. That the call is coming from inside the house. So that Meaning means the, the cele- celebrity is giving the information directly to. So then you got to ask yourself, well, 
so then what does he want us to think about this? What does he want us like? What's the point of of putting this story in the media stream, in the media feed? I mean, to me, it's like to like not to leave a pretty obvious crumb trail of where they can find him for pictures. Yeah, well, absolutely. And also, I think it's his career right now. Like, so he just had this Netflix special, right? Mm -hmm. Which kind of was weird because it came out of left field. Um, because remember, he was supposed to have a Quibi series. Okay, can we hit that? Let's hit the pause button really quick just to give people that groundwork because it is weird. Um, there was supposed to be a Quibi series called Killing Zach Efron, w- during the filming of which he got apparently quite ill, or at least that's mm-hmm. the story we've been fed. Yeah. Um. So we've been busy over here focused on like, when is killing Zac Efron going to show up on Quibi? You know, what is the full story? What are we going to see of it? And then it was like, oh, hey, look over here. Suddenly Netflix dropped the series that we had not even heard word one about. No. And the Quibi series, I would like to inform you that there were stories about this going all the way back to, um, you know, before it was even in development. Yeah. And we heard nothing, and also Quibi, so maybe that was just an attempt to get Quibi in our minds and in our mouths, right? Maybe there was some sort of, like, I don't, gosh only knows. Um, However, however, now we've got this Netflix special, and referring back to the story about him moving to Australia, the Netflix series was all about him, like, you know, sort of, like, getting to know Mother Earth and trying to understand Oh, the planet. Yeah, it was all about like sustainability and like he did a lot of traveling and showing how other cultures um, use the earth to sustain themselves. It was, you know, he was sexy. It was fine. I mean, he was shirtless daddy almost. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think this has to do with keeping his name in our mouths like this because there's nothing else going on other than this series and following this series. I mean, you want to keep. You want people to keep talking about you. So uh, the only thing I can think of is that it's a way to keep him in our, um, you know, in our day to day. I mean, we don't have a problem talking about him. But Trust us. Everybody we'll else find does. something to talk about. Um, I agree with you. And I, yeah, I mean, my hope for him is that, I don't know, that he is a person he who invites is, us to his house. Thank you. I just, he's had a hard time tr- transitioning to adulthood. I worry about him. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley <laughs> show. He's like in his 30s. I know. Uh, we've got some D-bags for you. Celebrities behaving badly after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainor. Hello. Hello. And we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. That name is... D-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? Human beings. All of them? We can't have nice things. (laughs) Pew, pew. Not all human beings, but specifically the ones who even considered for one red hot second taking Kelly Clarkson to task for dyeing a streak in her daughter's hair. Oh no. H- haven't we been here before? Have we I feel not? Like this is visited so twi- this? 
Like, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We are in the midst of Jeffrey Epstein. Britney Spears is not free of her own uh, financial control. And you want to talk about pink hair? There is enough going on here. Kelly Clarkson, dye your daughter's hair, make her happy, do what you need to do in your own life, and everybody else, shut the you-know-what up. So she posted on her uh, Twitter, I put a purple streak in my daughter's hair today. And I swear to you, she thinks she's as cool as Prince now. Full-on air guitar singing at the top of her lungs. That is what's happening. And before I get attacked for being the worst mom ever... It's safe, organic paint. Eye roll emoji. I but hate the fact know, that she feels the need to like preemptively attack trolls. That is my point. That is my point. Because it's not that trolls came for her. It's that she knew they were going to. And so she basically said, bleep off and stop, stop the madness, Susan Powder. Stop the insanity. Yeah. And she knows that people are going to take her to task because, remember, they did this very thing to Pink when Pink decided to dye her daughter's hair. No, I should rather I should say her daughter probably wanted her hair dyed and Pink probably said, "Okay, cool. Now, listen, I have been known to dye a kid's hair before. All three of my kids have had various colors uh, and full worn. disclosure, you've put colors in your hair. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's hair. Okay. And like, um, it, and don't forget, as my friend Charles always says, hair, hair don't, don't care. care. It's so true. Hair don't care. I just get, I, I don't know. I just, I wish people would just mind their own. And I also understand that when you put yourself out on Twitter or you put yourself out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, um, it gives people the opportunity, especially when you're a public figure, it gives people the opportunity to have opinions about such things. Um, but it, but it still is a frustrating thing because Kelly Clarkson's just trying to, you know, have some fun in the middle of a pandemic with her daughter. And I if she like wants we're... purple hair, it's going to be all right, guys. And I feel like if you can't give somebody grace for their children having pink hair in this moment... Wow. I literally, we, I told my daughter. Can we really be friends with anyone? Seriously, I literally told my daughter, any color, any color you want, any time you want. We're not doing anything. If that's the thing that's going to make you feel good. What if, you, what if she wanted hair, to shave it all off? I mean, I would advise her against it because I'm trying to grow out some shaved areas. And it takes <laughs> I'm on oh. my head, on my okay, head. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm growing out my undercut and it is a pain in the arse. But... You know, if she really wanted to do it, now's the time. Now's the time to look weird. Well, especially because they're probably going to be doing school from home. So she's not going to need to worry about what her friends think. They are doing school from home. Uh, And so, yeah, she doesn't, you know, she'll be on camera with them. But oftentimes she's also, my kids are also at that age where people think weird is cool, which I love. And I wish that would stick around. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I am in a, I'm in a. Mm, I'm in a place. Yeah, well, the world is in a place. So this is a perfect opportunity to let it out. Let it out. All right, what do you got, trainer? 
Um, I just want to add to uh, a list that we started compiling earlier in the show today, and that's uh, celebrities coming out in defense, quote-unquote, of Ellen DeGeneres. And particularly for the purposes of this segment, I would like to call out one Ashton Kutcher, because it's been a while, number one, since we've talked about Mr. Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't he strike you, mm, maybe the blind items, or maybe just a general sense, you kind of always get that feeling about Ashton Ashton Kutcher, like, maybe there's more there there, mm-hmm. and some of it's not savory, right? Also, okay, hold on. I just want to hit the pause button on this. Who was the other celebrity who we just critiqued yeah. for coming out yes. and support? Diane Keaton, who supported... Make my point. Woody... Oh, okay, sorry. I am making your point. I apologize. Who no, supported I... Woody Allen? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Ashton Kutcher is a person you want supporting you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, you are just getting a whiff of people. Now, Katy Perry is an entirely different example, I think, because I don't I don't know that we particularly feel, you know. Actually, that's not true, though. Do you remember that whole Katy Perry? Let me just first tell you what Ashton okay, Kutcher yeah, yeah. said. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then I want to back up and I want to go back to Katy Perry. Okay. So first, just to circle uh, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He tweeted the following, I haven't spoken with the Ellen show, meaning Ellen, and can only speak from my own experience. He said this on Twitter on Wednesday. She and her team have only treated me and my team with respect and kindness. She never pandered to celebrity, which I always saw as a refreshing honesty. When things aren't right, she handles it and fixes. <laughs> and that, like, it's first like of all... the builder. <laughs> yeah, also... Like, why are you inserting yourself in this? Well, there is no, I mean, yes, that's a rhetorical Mm -hmm. question because we know exactly why he's doing it. But I do think um, that we are learning a lot more about the people that are coming to her defense. Because, again, as we said earlier, it's not that you can't defend someone you consider. I don't know if he considers her a friend, but if you wanted to show your support for Ellen in this moment... Because we don't know what the real story is. I mean, it's a little bit of column A. It's a little bit of column B. Right. There are a lot of people involved. The courts will hear some stories. Um, she has yet to sort of give a full accounting. So it's hard to know what to believe, sure. But until we know what's really going on, you can show support for your friend. But you don't do that in this tone-deaf way of saying, like, um, she wasn't mean to me. She was totally nice. Well, thank you, but that's not really helping. Mm-hmm. No. Right? Like, somebody who got, you know, God forbid, shot um, or somehow harmed physically by someone, every other person that that person came into contact with could say, yeah. you know, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Nothing happened to me, though. Well, I'm see, fine. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we hear those in interviews all the time where it was like, I don't know how they did that to that person. They never were mean to me. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And that does nothing to advance the conversation. And if you are a celebrity like Ashton Kutcher who values your public discourse, you might take a moment and go, hey, let me show my support for my friend Ellen, but also show my support for people because no doubt he has employees. Oh, it's all about the money because here's the deal with these guys. Ashton, Ashton Kutcher gave Ellen DeGeneres $4 million worth of cryptocurrency mm. for her charity a couple of years mm. ago. So this cryptocurrency what? is a startup of Ashton Kutcher's called what? Ripple. 
And so Ashton Kutcher gave $4 million worth of Ripple cryptocurrency to Ellen DeGeneres' wildlife Mm -hmm. fund. So these guys are in bed in the money, honey. So that's why. Look at you. Thank Thank you, you. Holly, with the receipts. Okay, let's go back to Katy Perry because I don't want to walk away without addressing her. So, and another thing. And another thing. Well, because Diane Keaton, Ashton Kutcher... Katy Perry. Now, I don't know. Holly, please feel free to pull out some receipts really of some quick. crypto. Sorry, I just want to double back because what we didn't talk about was the fact that Ashton Kutcher also supported his friend from that 70s show whose name oh. I can't remember, the Scientologist. Yeah. Danny who, Masterson. Danny Masterson. Thank you. So mm-hmm. so that's where we were drawing the thread between Diane Keaton and Ashton Kutcher. Now back to Thank Katy you. Perry. It's your turn. Katy Perry also showed her support for Ellen, but the thing that struck me um, as I was saying it is, didn't we have this like really weird Katy Perry moment? Remember when she did that whole like weird like, like camera can't, on like her? her Big Brother thing where she was doing fit her working on her fitness? There was uh, something and, like shady, was, uh, yeah, shady about that that just like made us think like. There's, we're not getting the entire Katy Perry story. So I'm just saying, I smell something. Yeah, there's something. And now some it just makes funky. me want to dig. It makes me want to dig a little deeper. Holly, feel free to find receipts. On Did that. she give her millions of dollars? <laughs> the only thing that I can find linking all of this together is at one point a couple of years ago, around when Ashton Kutcher donated all of that cryptocurrency to Ellen DeGeneres' charity, is that Katy Perry showed off her cryptocurrency manicure. Mm hmm. Now, I'm not seeing if she tagged Ripple in any of this, Mm-mm. but... Uh, no, they're all in bed. Th- yeah. Yeah, they're all in bed. You remember that video where Kanye West uh, showed all those people in bed together? Uh, they're all in that bed. Okay, thank you. <laughs> wow. Suddenly, Kanye West is dropping truth bombs. <laughs> well, <laughs> earlier. Earlier he was. All right. That's true. It was a different time. It was a different time. We've been through many stages of Kanye West. Um, but that was, I don't know, that was also, but he had a point. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Oh, Bradley, you're going to be home for a little while. Um, yep. So I wanted to give you something to watch. It's a gift. Mm. It's a little gift from me to you. I'm going to tell okay. you about a show that my husband and I binged. I've suggest it was suggested to me from a listener, and I have suggested it to many people. And one hundred percent approval rating on this oh, show. Oh wow! Okay, I can't wait. I'm going to tell you about it when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. So, Bradley, you're going to be stuck at home for a little while here. and yeah. um, Got a lot of time on my hands. You got some time on your hands. And I know that you are, you've got like plenty to watch, right? Because you never can actually fully get to the end of the internet. But I had a show recommended to me by a wonderful listener. And I have then, since while well, you were gone, recommended it to the world via the Colleen and Bradley show. And, um, and I've heard literally nothing but wonderful things about people's reaction to this show and i wanted to share it with you it's called love on the spectrum and um okay it is it's so good okay so this is a five-part docu-series part dating show but mostly docu-series kind of reality show 
and it's on Netflix. It first aired in Australia and was really popular there. And Netflix picked it up. It is. It follows a group, um, not a group. It follows a, a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine individuals on the autism. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Autism spectrum. As okay. they try to find love. And I love it for so many reasons. I love this show for so, so many reasons. But one of the things I love the most about it is you don't know what you're getting into when you first start it. And it's not like there's any like big earth shattering moments, right? There's no like plot twists. It is clearly it is it is just a slice of life. But you are so endeared to each one of these individuals so quickly. And, you know, I'm passionate about the fact that um I think it's really important for people to understand or or see what different individuals on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum, look like. If you've met a person with autism, you've met a person with autism. Yeah, it, 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 I'm sure the show, because you see multiple people, is giving you multiple perspectives. It's not just creating this cookie-cutter notion of what it means to have autism. Yes, and, it, and you know, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I think that there have been... There are there are wonderful things about the screen. And these are my opinions. I just want to be clear about that, that this is my opinion from the perspective of a person who has a child on the spectrum. Um, the screening tools that we that, that you're given early on, uh, they come sort of in the form of a checklist. So things to look for early on in a child's life to indicate whether or not they're on the autism spectrum. Things like, do they make eye contact? Do they cuddle or snuggle? Do they have any repetitive behaviors? Um, you know, do are they hyper-focused on certain things, right? And some of those are kind of gray areas. And so in, in many ways, I think that, that as much as that tool has been very helpful in the diagnosis of autism, there are some types of autism that that tool actually probably worked against. So, for example, I I use that tool all the time. I went through, I ran through that checklist over and over and over again. Um, and it wasn't until my son was seven or eight years old that I thought, okay. But I kept on using that checklist as the reason why he wasn't on the autism spectrum, right? Sure. So what you see when you when you watch this show and you spend five episodes getting to know each one of these people as individuals, you see why a checklist like that painting with a broad brush in that way is not necessarily easy in terms of being able to spot what the autism spectrum looks like. Because each so I know one of these you... people is so completely different. So I know you were probably all in from the beginning in the sense that like you have a language, you have an experience, you have a um, a story that you're bringing to uh, this show. 
What do you think uh, is it about this show that then translates to having such a wide um, appreciation by people who maybe don't have that same experience or yeah. same appreciation that you do? I think that the, the, the underlying message of the show is just literally like love is to be shared and love is a goal for people to find a person who they can share their life with it's sort mm-hmm. of it, it sort of redefines partnership it sort of re, not redefines it refocuses the conversation around what partnership looks like or what love looks like or you know um what the search for love looks like um and it does it through the lens of people for whom these types of relationships are not easy because reading social cues, social engagement, eye contact, all of the things that you may, that neurotypical people take for, for granted, um, things that they learned that we've all learned just from how we've been socialized are, do not come as easily for people on the autism spectrum. And, but the one thing that everybody has in common is that love is the goal. Partnership, companionship is the goal in life. And um, the pureness of of each of the people who's profiled in this show, Love on the Spectrum, the pureness of their desire for that connection is relatable. So I was going to ask you, can you give us like an example of like, how does, what's a, what are, what are the narrative arcs within the yeah. show that are telling these stories? Cause you're speaking so eloquently about what it's doing, but how are they actually doing that? You know, like what is that, what does an episode actually look like? So, okay. So, so I, like I said, there's a group, there's like, I think I don't even, I counted and now I can't remember like eight different individuals. A couple of them are in are already in relationships. So they sort of profile like how did they meet? What does their life look like as they're living together? What does an engagement look like? What does marriage look like for them? But then you meet other people who are just on the dating end who have decided. So you meet Kelvin and Kelvin lives with his father. And Kelvin, um, you know, social skills are very difficult for him. So they bring in a coach whose job it is to to work with people specifically on the autism spectrum about how do you behave on a date and kind of role play. How do you have a conversation? How do you and then you watch Kelvin go from that coaching to how he meets a person that he goes on a date with and then what happens on the date um, and then what happens after and and. And they're still, I mean, the reason why I brought this up today is because I watched a YouTube video where they profiled where where each of the people profiled in the show is now. And mm. Kelvin is still working on dating and he's still working on trying to find love. Um, so that's sort of how you follow through the arc of it. It doesn't end in a clean, you know, It's it doesn't end in a like, and then they go off into the sunset in a carriage. Yeah. Yeah. It leaves you hanging with a question about what's next for these people. But the show has been signed on for another season. Well, that's awesome. I mean, again, it's giving you, because, you know, I love shows that give me a look into a world that I'm not familiar with or has been, you know, misunderstood or, you know, again, it to your point, it's such a common experience, mm-hmm. falling in love and dating, um, that, you know, I bet, I don't know, I haven't watched it, Um you find yourself relating to these stories far more than you would point out or acknowledge the differences in the way they live their lives. Yeah. And and, yes. And when you spot the differences, you will fall in love with the differences, 
but you will also see things that are very relatable to you, right? Like you'll remember what it felt like to have to negotiate how much you really like this person. Do you want to go on a second date? And then how do you have that conversation? But when you see people who, for whom that social, they don't necessarily take that easy social cue, having a conversation about it, the directness is refreshing, right? Because, because the people who are neurodivergent who have difficulty with social skills have to actually use their words to to claim how they're feeling yeah so so they're it's going to come across to per, uh, to perhaps people without that experience as more direct or awkward awkward yeah. and direct um but it is a necessity and then also you'll find a refreshing nature to it because you'll think boy it would have been a lot easier when i was in the dating world if instead if somebody of just said to i'm guess, not interested in you. yeah if i didn't have to <laughs> yeah. sit there and guess like does that person really like me or are we going to go out again or are they interested in somebody else or they're yeah. they're not doing that and so and again, I just feel like a world with a little more compassion for different viewpoints would be would be a nice well, thing for us right now. I mean, yeah. And I, I appreciate like your one way to get there. Your hope, your hope and your optimism. We should all take a little dose of today. Thank yes. you. Anyway, love on the spectrum. You can find it on Netflix. I am not kidding you. I I, I loved the show, and um, and thank you by the way. To Brianne. She's the one that um, she was the listener who uh, recommended it to me. Loved it. Awesome. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what is your favorite non breakfast food to eat for breakfast? 651 641 1071. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit shipt.com slash holiday. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash holiday. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.